0: Hi, welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today I'm going to be talking about putting your oxygen mask on first. When we go on a journey in an airplane, one of the first things that we're told is how to prepare for uh, the unlikely event (laughs) of a crash or, or something like that. And, um, I can really relate this to recovery when, um, when I'm going on this journey, it's, uh, it's, I like to think of it as an unlikely event that things are going to go sideways, but they do. And, um, and as you're taking a journey with other people in recovery, we really have to put our our own recovery first, and when we have the strength and uh, the feeling of spirituality and serenity and all of that stuff, when that starts overflowing, then we have enough to share with others. Uh, but it, but I wanted to talk about the importance of of taking care of our own recovery first. So what i've learned in the program of sobriety is giving without expectations and that that notion of not setting expectations is one that i learned in one of the steps so of the program and and in this step you are expected to make amends with other people Um, and clean your side of the street, and um, identify what your role has been in the relationship, anything that has gone wrong, and make amends for it, and you're supposed to go into that with no expectations, okay, so I'm seven years, over seven years sober, and I still have no idea how to do something with no expectations, because for me this is just for me and I I'm sure that I will uh, if it is able to be learned I will I will learn it eventually but the way I see it right now when I do something I do it with an expectation you know I do it with the expectation if it if it happens to be um, making amends with somebody I'm doing it with an expectation uh and maybe not it's an expectation it's hopefulness so maybe there's a difference between the two but uh the way I've been looking at it is the expectation that things are gonna go okay and um and so when I later in sobriety, start helping other people become a sponsor, or just reach out to other people, my expectation is that is success. And, and I'm, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to discover the difference there between being hopeful and being expectant. So. So, interesting, that's why I do the podcast, so we can learn together at the same time. So, in the program, we are making ourselves available to help other people if we have enough to give, and in sobriety, I feel like I have enough to give. So in the beginning, when I first entered the program, I learned about having a spiritual awakening. And what what does that mean? I I have, you know, it's different for everybody. They give it a name, spiritual awakening. Um, those aren't the words that I would choose because uh, they just don't come naturally to me. It's It's almost like when I pray, my prayers do not sound like uh, words straight from the Bible. Mine sound more like, hey, uh, yeah, God, thanks. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's not formal. Um, my communication with whatever my uh, higher power is, and whatever I choose to call God, is an informal relationship. And so, in the same way, any sort of awakening that I've experienced um I never would have chose the word spiritual because as much as as much as if you google what's the difference between spirituality and religion a lot of websites will actually correlate the two and um and in my sobriety program, they say that it's a a spiritual program, not a religious program. So blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I didn't know what a lot of this stuff meant. And and other people helped me along, like um, figuratively held my hand along the way until I started to develop my own understanding of what spirituality means to me and my spirituality just like my what I call God is totally different than the person sitting next to me but I wouldn't have been able to put that together had I not had other people showing me the way people who have done it before me And what I've also learned is that life is not something that I just need to endure, uh, like I did back when I was drinking. Life is something that can be enjoyed. And it wasn't until I started getting that understanding of my own spirituality and getting in touch with it and having a relationship with myself that. I was able to start feeling more free, um, more uh, able to enjoy life. I've stopped saying, no, I'll never be able to do that. I talked about that yesterday. I think the days run together. Um, about some of that, ne- yeah, it was it yesterday, some of that negative talk about um, saying to myself, "I'll never be able to do that. I did it before I got sober, and I have been doing it as I've been uh, reco- in the stroke recovery. Uh, things like my head's never gonna stop hurting or I'll never be able to learn voiceover on digital devices. I'll never be able to drive again. I'll never be able to watch TV again. I say it a lot and that is discouragement that's coming out of me. And uh, what I've learned from my program um, that I can use today in my stroke recovery is that it's just not true. It's a story I'm telling myself and if I choose happiness, if I choose to challenge those negative thoughts, then I will do whatever it is that I would have previously thought I could never do. And this is my basis for for daily living. So helping others releases these happy chemicals that I've talked about in previous episodes. And When I show up to my 7 a.m. morning meeting every day, and just the simple act of me showing up is showing other people that are new in sobriety that, that it works. If you show up, you can stay sober. I mean, of course, there's a lot of other things that you have to do, but it starts with showing up. And so by showing up, I'm helping other people. And then if I take it a step further, and I share my experience, strength and hope, then I'm definitely helping others even more. um, Because other people have the chance to compare in and, and realize that, oh, well that happened to her and this has worked for her, so I'm gonna come back again tomorrow. And so by by just simply showing up and knowing that I'm helping others, when I log off of that meeting at 8 a.m., I feel better. I feel better because I listened to others And they helped me, and I shared so that I could help others. And helping others releases what they call the happiness trifecta. And those are the happy chemicals oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine. And these chemicals counteract, uh, I think it was cortisol, the stress hormone. And, um, and extends it, this release of chemicals extends far beyond just making us happy. You know, when I log out of the meeting, I feel better. Well, that's just the beginning of what it's doing for me. And if I extend that same spirit of helpfulness, wanting to be of service to others, wanting to be useful to others. If I extend that beyond just recovery, but in my daily life, wanting to be helpful to my neighbors, wanting to be helpful to a stranger that I pass by, um, wanting to be helpful to somebody at the store, wanting to be helpful to people at work. If I continue to try to Practice those principles in all my affairs everywhere I go, then I'm going to continue to keep releasing those happy chemicals and counteract that stress that I'm feeling in recovery. It goes far beyond your mood, improving your mood. Um, it helps me sleep better. I have a better appetite because I'm more energetic so I am more uh, excited about eating and I enjoy eating more I am more motivated when I see someone else change or I you know in the program I see someone's life changing right before my eyes as they show up every day to the program I get that motivation myself uh, to continue to fight for myself. And it improves blood pressure. It improves a sense of community. If I didn't show up to that 7 a.m. meeting every day, I would not at all have a sense of community at all. Um, You know, I've been getting... Several people that reach out to me that are um, willing to come hang out with me, come bake with me, um, and do different things with me to the extent that I can do them. And there is that sense of community there, but actually being around a group of people who are like-minded and share the same, even terminology about things, is really, um, it again, keeps me motivated. Um, and what I've learned also is that these happy chemicals will actually, they're anti-inflammatory. I think it's oxytocin, um, acts as an anti-inflammatory and can actually reduce pain. So helping others, it it seems like you're just doing it for other people, but um if you're a selfish person, <laughs> you can still go out and help other people, and um and it's you're getting all the benefits from it. Um so what I've learned in the program is that some days now. Okay, let's see how I can word this. I know in life that big things happen, small things happen, and there are times in my life that things are dull and nothing's happening. And I have to keep working my program on days where it's dull, on days where only little things are happening, and most importantly on days where big things are happening and over the past seven years for the most part i've had a lot of dull days (laughs) i've had a lot of days where little things were happening and then i've had this stroke which is a big thing and the importance of me practicing the program on the dull days is so that I have muscle memory on the days that there's something big going on. And as I've been working through my stroke recovery, it's only been a little over two months that you guys have been torturing yourself listening to this podcast. Uh, So now my new normal has changed where I'm living through the effects of something big happening to the point where now I have little things happening again and and days are dull, if that makes sense. So now when something big happens, uh, for example, I mean, in my life, what's big right now is the MRI. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'm obsessed about right now, the MRI um, being disapproved. And I'm still waiting for that. But that's a big thing for me right now. So depending on the perspective that I have on any given day and with any, with whatever experience I have under my belt, something that's big for me may not be big for somebody else and so that's when I shift over to how it feels to help other people helping someone else when things are dull in their life helping someone else when they're dealing with something small and helping someone else when they're dealing with something big But I have to always try that to put in perspective, practice that to understand and to be understood. Because what may seem small to me may be big to them, depending on what experiences they have under their belt. And when I watch somebody entering sobriety, some people get it and some people don't. Some people stay for a while and then they start drinking again. Some people stay for a while, leave, come back, leave, come back, leave, come back, and it, and it never ends. It seems like it never ends. And some people leave and they die. And that's the reality of what I have watched happen. I couldn't see myself change over the past seven years. There were times that I looked at a picture of myself like, I got a new driver's license picture and I pulled my old one out of my wallet and I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe the difference, what I see. But on a day-to-day basis, I I didn't see it happening to me. However, I, for example, have two sponsees that i have watched change and i've watched it month after month and year after year i've watched them change and there is i mean it's palpable the the joy that i feel you know, when I look at them, it's just, it's, it's amazing. I I clearly, I can't articulate it. It's amazing. But there are people that, that don't change. And that is the, the power of alcoholism. It's cunning, baffling, and powerful. That's what we say in the program. And I don't know why I got it. It took me a couple, more than a couple years, several years to get it. It took me several visits to detox. It took me several bottoms before I reached till my till my shovel just, uh, you know, hit something hard. I don't know. (laughs) Hit the, uh, the chest at the bottom of the hole. I don't know. Um, before I, I couldn't dig anymore. There was no, there was nowhere else to dig. I hit the bottom and, um, and for some reason I, I was fortunate enough to, to have I don't even know what it is. The, it's just awareness. I I don't even know. To listen. I didn't even wanna listen. I just kept showing up. It's those seeds that were planted that I've talked about. And this morning I was in my sobriety meeting And I wrote down, I wouldn't want to be anyone else but me. And that is a powerful realization today that amidst everything that I'm going through, I wouldn't want to be anybody but myself. I don't. I don't look at anybody else and think, I wish I had that, I wish I could be that, I wish I could um, be that person instead of me. I love myself and I don't know until today, I don't know that I've ever felt this deep love for myself as I do today. I don't, it puts a lump in my throat. I've never felt so much love for myself as I ever have before. And that's incredible. I don't know if it's weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's important. I think that We have to have that kind of love for ourselves to save ourselves. I try to surround myself today with people that I love and that I know love me. And I believe that The love that I feel for myself has come because of the other people that love me. They say in the program that we will love you until you love yourself. And I guess that's what happened because I love myself today. And. I want to tell you about somebody in my life that passed. And it's clear to me that this person did not love himself. He didn't know how. And I remember sitting outside with him one night. And we were talking about how we both wrote poetry. And I said how much I've always wanted to share it with somebody, but I was always embarrassed. I didn't think I was very good at it. And he said to me, I always burn my poems. And I thought that that was really sad. I thought, you shouldn't do that. You should keep it. And he he responded that it wasn't stuff that he wanted to ever look at again. And it wasn't anything that he wanted anybody else to know. And I remember an evening that I spent with him and the individual that passed away a year and a half ago. I spent an evening, I have no idea why or how this happened, but I ended up spending uh, the evening with the two of them, just laughing and drinking and just, just getting torn up and it was so much fun. It was just the three of us. It was so much fun. And. Today, neither of them are alive. One of them drank himself to death and the other one, the individual that I'm talking about now, committed suicide. And I've talked about how my higher power, is made up of my conception of God and all the people who have loved me and have cared about me over the years and the people that are still here. And they're all a part of it for different reasons. And he's a part of it because it reminds me how much I need to love myself. And that's all I have to share today. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow.